Is it even possible to find both radio and touring success in 2022 as a brand new band? We'll find out on this edition of Chris Aiken Presents. It is Chris Aiken Presents, and I, of course, am Chris Aiken. And joining me today to talk about his brand new band, New Monarch, is uh, the guitarist of the band. And, um, you know, just a, a guy that you probably recognize from um, Sun Red Sun, uh, or Red Sun Rising. I'm stupid. <laughs> um, but um, you'll certainly recognize him before long from New Monarch, because this band is really, really great. And it's a band I think you're going to hear a lot of in the next year or 10 so let's uh let's bring on um let's bring on mr ryan williams ryan how are you man good man thanks for having me and thanks for the kind words and that's not the uh that's not the uh, wildest version of red sun rising i've heard come out of someone's mouth not even this week <laughs> there was a, a, for, a foreign publication and it was uh it was um pink fire accumulation and i'm, I'm nice. gonna read it out loud on facebook <laughs> that is funny dude it's just one of those names man because there's been so many combinations of red and sun that i think everybody probably like me stumbles like an idiot but you know <laughs> i guess some of us could write it down to make sure we're not dumb but it's okay that's all right <laughs> well obviously i got new monarch right and got that one right and yeah. that's the one that counts at this point man it does, um it does red sun rising had its time exactly but dude new monarch you guys are a brand new band but yet you're a brand new band that's already making waves you know nationally with with radio and whatnot so let's dig into this a little bit why don't we start kind of at the beginning i'll, I'll do the interviewee question and you know how does this band come together and how do you you know formulate this this band well um red sun rising ended in 2019 and um another rock band that you might be familiar with wilson uh, yeah. uh ended as well uh we were all touring buddies and one thing had nothing to do with the other of course and uh when COVID hit um all my new hobbies kind of came to a halt and i i was reminded that i was sitting on this batch of music that mm -hmm. i had written for I, I guess at first it would have been for the the new red sun rising record i mean most of that evolved and changed for this but um i just I don't know. I reached out to James because I knew Wilson had ended and he lived in Detroit. I live in Akron, Ohio. So I figured, you know, maybe he'd be interested in coming down, checking it out. And he did. And um, we started ripping through it. And by the, by the time the weekend was up, we already knew we were going to call Matt Pooey from Wilson as well on drums. So we had to find a singer and we made a post. Um, I think we waited a, a few months because I said we weren't sure if we wanted to dive into something. And we put it up and, and, and the post went crazy. It was gangbusters. I mean, we woke up in the morning with a couple hundred auditions, you know, like 150. And uh, Sebastian was number five and he gave us a queen cover. And we said, if you can do this acapella on Zoom, we'll buy you a plane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> we thought he was, we thought it was fake, right? Because he just was killing the Freddie Mercury stuff. And um, we did, we Zoom, we Zoom auditioned him, which is what you do in a pandemic, right? Sure. And uh, we, we bought him a plane ticket and flew out and uh, we started writing. In fact, most, I would say half of the record that we're presenting was written the first week with the guys and oh, Sebastian wow. and myself. Very cool. We, we well, knew we had something, you know, it came together very fast. Sure. 
Now, now I gotta ask with with Sebastian. I mean, Sebastian's the unknown entity. You guys, you guys, the other three have obviously not only recorded but toured. So right. you know, you know how to get along with each other. You know the the pitfalls and how to avoid them and how to yeah. how to survive. Then you bring in a guy that's a complete unknown in that in that world. How did you build up the trust to bring somebody in that did not have the experience that you're used to? Well, one, uh, I just to get somebody who could sing that well. Um, it, it was, I mean, I'm look. We, the most of the auditions were incredible. He was just to me what for what I was looking for. I just I, I had never heard anybody quite like him. He he can emulate people, but he's just he's gritty. He's talented, but um, he was also a songwriter. He's also a killer guitarist. Um, I'm not the first kind of let's say known entity that scouted him. He's there. I'm not going to say the names of the bands, but there were sure. some bigger guys, even than Red Sun Rising bigger that were kind of looking at him at the time. But um, I think because we had that experience though, we, we knew that we were going to make it okay. I mean, you've got to feel people out. There's a lot of trust that goes into this. Right? right. And we have had, you know, like any band, it's like a relationship. We've already had some feuds and stuff, but I think, that our experience allowed us to, to realize that the, the biggest, the number one thing you can do in a band, this is going to sound like such a Dr. Phil fucking like talk show, <laughs> but you, you nip it in the butt and you right. don't, don't spare your honesty. You got to be like, look, this is how I feel about this. And here's why. And um, the more we do that, the less we run into those issues. And it's kind of turning into this well-oiled machine. Very I mean, cool. you know, and it wasn't just the new guy. I mean, you know, the experienced guys have egos too. And, <laughs> We go at we go after, it. but for the most part, um, I think this band's better when the guys are in the same room, even still, like as personalities. So that that that's that's big, you know. If, if most of your fighting takes place when you're away, and none of it happens when you're together, that's big. Sure, and, and you mentioned it about about the uh, the experienced guys as well, and that you know that's kind of a whole other issue when you start a band is you bring together guys that have done it before. And then there's that, well, who's in charge? This is how I used to do it. This is what worked for me, but it doesn't work for you. Uh -huh. You know, you, you have to kind of accomplish, you have to kind of find almost like a new, it really turns out to be a new experience, doesn't it? Like completely new. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, um, you know, we, we bring the stories from our old bands in and experiences from them in, but yeah, but we have to embrace it as that too. I mean, we had to be open to a new ride. We, we, couldn't expect the same old thing and um yeah if you know what it feels like it it does it it it's weird it, it almost feels like we're starting over without having had a lot of those experiences i mean enough time has passed now i think this is the longest i've gone without playing a show since i was 14 years old wow. so it kind of feels fresh i mean we're talking about putting a few shows together and um some of them are just real tight intimate rock venues and that to me sounds so exciting right now you know and um, it, it feels new. No question, man. And, and it, you know, I hate to say it, but it's new for everybody right now after two years of sitting home doing nothing, you know, or not necessarily doing nothing, but it's got to be exciting. It's got to be exciting and probably scary for you. And you tell me, but it obviously everybody has sat home for two years. So that puts, to me, that puts more pressure on every band to go out and be better than they were. You know, because people, the, the fans, as a fan, the last thing I want to do now after not seeing a show for two years is to see a band, a new band or an experienced band go out and suck. You uh, know, yeah. that's, 
that's that's but that's really a scary i i would think for you guys you're an unproven unproven as far as you know a new audience and you got to go out and kill or people are going to be like oh i don't i don't even want to bother with this band so talk a little bit about that man about the pressure of that well um it's funny you bring that up we actually had an, a, a tour opportunity that well, it was a, a surgery and within the band somebody had surgery we couldn't take the tour opportunity but even if we had it was like oh wow we got two weeks it was a big tour so um the thing is this though our experience allows us to prep in a way that maybe a, an unproven entity wouldn't know how to prep i know how to prep a live show i know sure. what the band needs live I know what we're gonna what it's gonna sound like to be on stage in this size room and this size room and this size room. I know how to perform to a smaller crowd and a larger crowd, and um, so do the other guys. I mean, uh, you know, they they the Wilson might have been the, one of the few bands that toured more than we did at, at, on the come up. I mean, those guys right. were always on the road. So I think one is preparation. Uh, I like having the expectation on me to be better. And by the way, I think we are. I mean, I think this is the best version of me as a guitarist and a songwriter that anyone's ever seen. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything about my past projects or their past projects. Um, but in this moment, we we feel proud to put the flag in the ground and, and die on that hill and say, we're new Monarch and this is, this is our new best shit. And fucking right. come to the show and check it out. Exactly. Now, now, uh, Ryan, how do you expect the band to grow? And what I mean by that is obviously we're in a different world than we've ever been before. And, and I'll be honest, I don't know how a band grows. I don't know if it's organic by playing a show and five people hear you and they tell two of their friends like the old days, or if it's strictly somebody forwards a video on Instagram or something. I mean, how does a new band grow? today at a pace that is sustainable to keeping the band alive well that's a good question i mean covid obviously uh it made it so that it, this is how i feel about this post-covid version of all of this this new normal is yeah. not that i don't think people will come out they've already proven that they will but it's like time technology didn't stop moving and entertainment didn't completely stop moving. There was just this version of live that didn't. So every time that happens, the process of becoming something and, you know, in that world changes as well. I mean, even when we first got signed, when Red Sun Rising first got signed in 2015, the advice we were getting in 2010 and 2015 were two completely different things. And that's even changed now. So I think what they have, what you have to do is one, you have to embrace you have to adapt or die. Like you have to embrace the technologies. I think you need to be on all the popular media mediums. And I'm not saying you need to obsess over them, but um, you got to have a good, you have to have good music. Let's start there. Sure. You have to be able to go out and you have to be able to take certain risks and put things on hold too. A lot of guys don't realize what it takes to go out on tour uh, the first couple of times. I mean, there was when, when we had the, our first like number one single or whatever, there was a period where everything was so retroactive where when I got home, I was doing construction. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like you earn your stripes doing that. So I think you got to have a great live show. I think you have to have the songs first, no matter what, and then get your presentation together. It helps to know who you are and what you're about. You know, this, this group of guys has been around the block. We know what we are. We know what we're about. And uh, we are embracing all those mediums. Like TikTok is something I, I you know, you, I think you have to embrace it. 
and and not make well those where the kids go to dance yes some of them but that's also where bands go to get their songs blown up overnight and I, i'm not saying to have that expectation but there's got to be some balance of blasting people with the way they like to receive their media so that they will come out and receive it the way you want them to sure yeah, no, I, it's funny. I tell bands all the time, bands are always, you know, there's a lot of bands out there, and you, I'm sure you know tons of them, that are still talking about, well, we got to get signed, and we got to get a record. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Go find a social media genius. That will help you far more than any record company will. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when you're young, you don't know. I mean, right. we, didn't, we didn't know. I, and um, I'm doing this on my, this is my own label that we are on. Right. This is Rama Records is half my label. Um, we just partnered up with uh, Legendary Recordings. Um, so we're, we're going that route. But yeah, I think even that dynamic, the label band dynamic has really changed. And I think there's a new understanding of what it means to own your music, how to put it out. Now, there's a lot of gatekeepers still. There's a lot of, a lot of people that have wrangled up the opportunities and they keep it within this money loop of where the labels are spending and, you know... Um, Sometimes people are like, why isn't my favorite band doing this? Well, they have, they're not, you know, they're not with that group. Right. But, um, you know, I think, I think that's changing and evolving. And I think you can make your band at least something undeniable to where even when it's regional, you can say, well, we can't not book these guys in Columbus. They've got to be in Columbus, you right. know? Right. That's sort of thing. Sure. Well, well, dude, speak, uh, you know, as far as, as growing goes, obviously you guys right out the jump have been um, doing pretty well at radio. I was, I, I saw the, you know, the stats that you guys are getting some, some nice ads at radio and I'm, I'm curious and I'm a former radio guy. I did, you know, 12 years at WMMS. So I certainly am a, I'm definitely a radio guy. Okay. But I'm curious, how important is radio today? I mean, you're you're an Ohio guy. You know, here in, here in Cleveland, there's really not an active rock station. There kind of is, I guess, but not not like it used to be where every other station was active rock. So I'm assuming it's more like that around the country. So how important is radio versus, I don't know, the smart Spotify playlists or whatnot that would probably give you more exposure. I, I don't know. I, I think I'm trying to figure that out myself. Uh, I mean, my old band was a radio band. Sure. And we knew that and we felt it, you know, we, 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 used, we, there's major cities we will go to and sometimes we would skip because we'd want to get to this town, this radio town in, you know, Wisconsin and that's where people were going nuts for us. So I don't I don't know. We'll see what happens because we haven't gotten a chance to explore and tour and compare what radio is has done for us. But um right now I, I think you know the consistency of social media is just like once those once those fans are there, I have this direct line to them. And there's it's not me trying to filter out through the radio people. I'm, I'm the one here uploading to Spotify. I'm the one here right. receiving your information. So I, I think the new world is obviously, I think that that's, it's going to be the most important, but radio has its role. It seems to still be working. And um, I don't know, I, I'm going to pursue that route anyway. I, I, I really like the medium. I like that they do shows in their own towns. I like they help sure. promote concerts. And I ended up making a lot of friends in that world. Like a lot of program directors I still talk to who are treating this band great. Excellent. Very good, man. Well, obviously they're, they're reacting well to the fray, which has done well. So, um, 
with with that said you you obviously just released another video for the day you left mm -hmm. talk a little bit about the video and how it's doing and how it's being reacted to um well the video so we shot the video in compton and los angeles and um uh you know, we had the director, John Asher, and producer, Lee Levin. These guys, were they were great. They were just running for us. And we did it all. I think we did it in a span of six or seven hours. We did it fast. Oh, wow. um, we just sort of had wardrobes ready. We had the rooms ready. The light changes were all ready. And um, we, uh, I'm very, very happy with it. And it's everybody else seems to be. I mean, the YouTube numbers are really great. And um, the engagement's great. People seem to really like it. But uh, um the song itself, you know, was a deep cut uh, for the band. It, it means a lot to me personally. Like, uh, you know, lyrically, this is this is one of my tunes. Um, obviously, nothing's ever done until the whole band gets involved. Sure. You know, these, these guys are all powerhouse songwriters. But um, and uh, we just thought it represented like the the big opening riff, the banging drums, the sturdy bass line. We just thought it like was the next representation of the band. We wanted to show you that we get down, we get dark, we get heavy too. And um, the record's going to have a balance of everything. Okay. So there is indeed a record instead of just doing kind of the singles thing. There is a record. It's done okay. too. Oh, very good. And when, yeah. when, when, when do you think people are going to get that? Well, um, I, I would say end of summer. I'm not going to okay. put a date on it yet. Sure, sure. Um, we will drop some. We're going to be regular with releasing some songs in the meantime. Um, but, uh, you know, post-COVID, um, as soon as things actually started to let up, which nobody was able to predict, you know, we were we were still in the studio. So, you know, I just want to make sure that um, when we release it, we can come sell it to you in person, too. You know, sure. and that's important. So just kind of trying to line all that up. But in the meantime, we're going to keep songs coming. Um We've got some cool stuff that didn't make the record that we filmed and recorded anyway on our own, and we're going to okay. drop that. And, uh, you know, it's 11 songs, the album, and um, I, I hope people love it. I'm really, really proud of it. Sure. Is it important these days that you constantly have a song, a video, a, you know, a musical piece, an interview, what have you, for a new band to actually grow and, and build the momentum you know, organically. I think if you can't tour, it's the only thing, right? Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think in, in a lot of ways it is. It's, you, you know, this is a very content-driven society and people digest it quick now, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I do too. I'm not accusing anybody of anything I'm not doing. I'm, I, I'm, I love the album, which we will do. I love the buying the vinyl, which we're going to have. And I love the stories behind all the, the music. But um, I'm guilty of one song at a time, too, now. When it comes out, it's just kind of the world we live in. So it's like my new favorite artist drops a single, and I'm in it. And um, I'll, I'll go looking for the rest of the record, usually. But um, I think sometimes, from the artist's perspective, uh, the best way to do it is just to keep the individual songs coming until it feels right to give everything out, you know? Right. Sure. And uh, dude, I got to imagine it's frustrating beyond frustrating when you spend a year putting something together and then people listen to it for a day and they're just like, okay, and now we're on to the next thing. It's like, ah, you know? Yeah. 
Um, well, I don't know. I, I think that's one of the advantages of making it into people's playlists now. Like Spotify always updates my 2018, 19, and 20, like what I listen to the most. Right. And then I love that playlist so much that I listen to it. And then the next year sounds a lot like the year before. So I got to start like weeding that stuff out. But, um, you know, um, I'd say as long as we're, as long as we're getting the music out to people, I'm happy. I think it's going to win them over. And if, you know, it can't get everybody, but, um, I just, just setting people up to finally get the opportunity to come to a show. Right on, man. Well, dude, before I ask you about shows, I, I did want to ask you, it's a, it's a question I literally ask every band because I don't get it. And nobody has given me the right answer yet, no matter what size band they're in. Why in this age, 2022, does a band put out their full album on Spotify? Why wouldn't you put out four songs and let people know that if they buy the, the full thing, then they get, you know, seven more? Instead of just giving it away where you're almost guaranteed only to get the hardest hardcores buying the physical product. Huh. Maybe because nobody's doing it yet. <laughs> and, you, you know, that's just, that's the way it is, really. I mean, the, the, um, the archetypes set up in this business lasts a really long time for a reason because there's right. advice givers and there's gatekeepers and that's how they did it. Um I don't know. Maybe, maybe because nobody's done it. I think. Um, I think also because there's certain levels to this too, where, um, and this is kind of what another thing that's changed in the music business is the band's not thriving off sales and, and streams. Right, it's, it's part of it. It helps a little bit. The band thrives from getting you out there and getting you in person. I, I, I think. Um, I think giving people the content like as much as they can, it, it makes real fans out of them. Like, I mean, if you listen, if you go to your favorite band, like who's your favorite band of all time? Pantera. Great. Right. Right. So you go, you're, are you, you're like a really into the fan. You're probably not playing cemetery gates as often as you're playing a deeper cut on true. True. So, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like, well, you get rocked with that and you love the band. And it's like, if you end up not buying the record, you might kind of, just shove and wait till their your best song comes but when you when they've heard the the album seven times and then there's there's a song in there that resonates with them so much those are the people that fall in love with you those are the people that are lifers and their their, their favorite song is never the radio hit it's right always sure. the other thing so maybe there's something to be said about that it's like kind of like social media is this medium now where and i'm bad about this but people want to get to know you now they don't want to sure. see the polished advertising they want to see your flaws and in some ways, the stuff that's not the shiny, polished hit is the flaw of the record. If you want to call it that, it's the imperfection that makes the record more perfect. But it sure. leads to the fans being real fans. And those people don't go away. I mean, um, it's amazing. The, the support that we got, we were very lucky to get as much support as we did right off the rip. Right. During a pandemic. Sure. Well, and that's, you know, that's a huge thing, man. I mean... Dude, you talk about the worst, nah, no offense, but talk about the worst timing ever. You picked the time when <laughs> yeah. you picked the time when nobody could tour. Every single band was at home writing, you know, or doing video stuff. And okay, well, here's a new band. Check this out. In in between a wave of every old timer of every genre putting constant content out there because they had nothing else to do. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, 
look, I think there was two ways to handle the pandemic. There was evolve as a human being or devolve. And I, right. the first couple months, because I had never been experienced anything like this. Um, in fact, I remember I was sparring. I, I was sparring. I was, I was laying outside of a cage. I just got a bunch of rounds in with a bunch of guys fighting. And they came over and they said, you know, hey, there's this, there's this pandemic. They're saying, oh, yeah, right. I'll see you in a week, <laughs> right? And a few months later, I'm up 30 pounds and watching Netflix. And, um, you know, my guitar is collecting dust. And, I'm, you know, I'm doing dad stuff. But um, I think I had to decide. It's like, who do I want to be at the end of this thing? This might right. go on for a while. So um, I don't know. The universe keeps shoving me back into the music world. So it must be for a reason. I was ready to walk away from it. Um, I, I was. I was. I was more than happy. I just couldn't. Right. You got the bug, as they say. <laughs> yeah, I was born with it. I think. I I've been you. doing it since I was fourteen. You know. Right on. Well, dude, you mentioned touring a couple of times. Obviously, it's a very difficult time just to get out there right now because everybody is out. So, is that the reason that you're not out there yet, or are you just waiting to do it in like a regular touring cycle with a record and all that stuff? Well, um, I am currently booking shows for, okay. uh, let's call it beginning of July. Okay. I want to do, a, I want to do a few that way, but again, you gotta, you gotta understand too, like there's, there's a, a realm of, of artists and bands that are in this genre that makes sense for us to go out, participate, tour and do sure. festivals. And we had a two year stop. So by the time we were ready to tour, I mean, the summer was pretty much full up. Now, we did get a pretty amazing tour offer that we had to decline because our bassist had surgery. But um, uh, we uh, um, are hoping to grab another one of those. And uh, if not, I'll build out my own summer. But, um, you know, as far as Monarch is concerned, um, we wanted to finish the album before we started hitting the road. Okay. And um, we were just so close to done. So we just prioritized it that way, but we're coming now. Very good, man. Well, we'll leave it there, but the band is called New Monarch. Uh, there's videos out there on YouTube and on the streaming places. Uh, the Day You Left is out there. The Fray is out there. And what's the other one? Pearl? Pearls. Pearls. So check check those videos out. Uh, hey. Learn about New Monarch and look for these guys in the in the late summer, I guess, for, um, for touring purposes. And... Um, I'll tell you what, Ryan, where should we tell people to go to keep up with the band and learn about the band and hear the music and all that stuff? Well, you can go to New Monarch on Facebook, New Monarch Music on Twitter. Um, you can find us on Instagram, uh, New Monarch on YouTube. Uh, and everything everything is up. TikTok, everything is up and ready to go. And we're, we're going to be constantly releasing new uh, material. And we will engage. Send us a message and let us know what you think. We're, and if you have any questions for us, I promise you, you'll get, you'll get a reaction. So. Very good. Well, one more time, the band is called New Monarch. And uh, Ryan, thanks so much for joining me here on Chris Aiken Presents. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. We all want safety in our homes, but we've all removed the batteries from our smoke detectors from time to time because they're annoying and impossible to reset, right? Well, no more when you install the Xsense XS01WT Smart Smoke Detector. This smoke detector works with an app on your phone to provide warnings of all potential issues. 
No more using a broom handle to reset it either. A simple push of a button on your phone app and it is reset. Go to https colon slash slash bit.ly slash cmspn smoke and get your XSense XS01WT smart smoke detector today.